Our last episode of 2021, so after last week's look back, let's look forward and talk about the things we're excited for in 2022. And like last week, we are once again aided in this by Chelsea Goad, senior writer for Space.com. She's so good, we had her two weeks in a row. What are you most looking forward to next year? Let us know at Space and Things 1 on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love hearing from you. And please consider hitting that share button or leaving a review. But right now, please enjoy episode 70 of the Space and Things Podcast. Listening to Space and Things with Dave Giles and Emily Carney. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to our podcast. Emily, right now, you're going to be in Houston. Obviously, we're recording this beforehand. Yes. But, uh, as this goes out, you're in Houston. I am so looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I did go to Houston in August and I had a wonderful time, but I was really only there just for the weekend. So I was there for like two days, which was great. I really just wanted a deeper taste of Houston. So I'm staying for like four days this time from early Monday to uh, Thursday. I'm obviously looking forward to seeing people there and going to Space Center Houston. I'm really looking for (laughs) this is terrible. I'm really looking forward to eating good food and sleeping (laughs) as well, because that's a scarce commodity so i'm excited i can't wait i'm I'm gonna start packing probably tomorrow (laughs) oh nice nice and you have an adventure you're going on yeah well yeah this is our last recording session until february uh because uh, assuming we don't get locked down uh, and the studios remained open i'm gonna be in abbey road so uh recording my next album which is pretty crazy although it's getting complicated with all the all the craziness that's going on in the world but um Hopefully we can still have a great time. That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited for you, and I I hope you have the awesomest time. Me too. Me too. That's going to be really cool. Right then. Shall we uh, we do some looking forward then? Yep, absolutely. Let's do that. Decollage, liftoff from a tropical rainforest to the edge of time itself. James Webb begins a voyage back to the birth of the universe. Right. Last week, we discussed all about 2021, but what can we expect from 2022? We're joined again by Chelsea Goad to help us look forward. So Chelsea, what are you most excited about for 2022? I mean, I'm excited to see the first images from James Webb. Uh, (laughs) I'm excited to see First Light. I'm excited to see uh, what kind of unbelievable things it it will uncover. They say within six months, we'll get those first images. So 2022, we're going to see what James Webb sees. And I'm really excited about that. I think between that and just every year, I, I, you know, am very (laughs) deeply invested in uh, ongoing climate science, and I, I hope that I hope that 2022 doesn't just yield more of what has been, um, and that we start figuring out how to turn things around in a in a significant structural societal way. We've got the science in place to understand how much worse it's going to get, but maybe maybe next year, once we realize how bad the pandemic is, we'll want to make everything else better. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. It's really interesting how, how big of a role space will have in the climate conversation as well. And yet most people oh, yeah. aren't, aren't aware of that. As we mentioned when we were in our uh, review of 2021, the, the conversation needs to change. And I think it really needs to change about the environment and, and what space does for the environment. Um, you're yeah. obviously far more qualified th- than I to talk about that. You know, I write a lot of climate pieces. It's It's a main area of interest for me. And I get so many emails, you know, why are you talking about this this is space.com and i'm like i yeah i hate to to have to remind you of this but earth is a planet yeah we're (laughs) we're in space right now and and i mean such an unbelievable amount of our climate data comes from space being able to look at earth from space is our most valuable resource in understanding climate change you know i think even the space community at large forgets that and forgets how powerful that vantage point is. That's a huge piece of the conversation too. And in explaining to people why space is important, I also get a lot of people telling me that they don't care about space or they think that it's dumb or why why are you writing about space? Like that's just, you know, people joyriding on rockets. And I hope that in 2022, that we can shift the conversation that the general population can start to see and, and understand a bit more about how valuable space is for understanding our climate, for fixing our climate, for understanding. I mean, you can track migratory patterns of specific species from space and use that to extrapolate climate data. I mean, it's unbelievable what we can study from space about about Earth. And I I just, I want to bring that to the forefront, but again, in in the forefront in a way that is somehow exciting enough that people will actually read and and listen because it, you know, as much as I I whine about it because I want people to read it, I, I, I think it's definitely on the science communication community to figure out how to get it across because people are only going to pay attention if they want to pay attention. And that's not their fault. That's human nature. And it's our job to figure out how to make them care. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool that you mentioned that. Like I, I write a lot about space history, which is mm-hmm. stuff that happened in the past. Um, I've always wanted to write a series about Landsat, the Landsat yeah. program. The only problem is it's not very sexy. Like, you know, it's not it, Apollo. They didn't go to the moon. If you can get the right headline on it, if you can brand it correctly. <laughs> yeah, it, I have to brand it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You have to brand it mm-hmm. correctly. And um, yeah. if you just read like, you know, the NASA documents and the USGS documents about Landsat, it's really dry. Yeah. I honestly believe it's we don't think it's important now, but I think 100 years from now, we're going to know it's important. Exactly. And I think that's that's the point I want to get across. But it's extremely hard to judge that up. I'm going to have to find a way to make it like sexier. Yeah, I say sexy because people love a like a clickbait head. I, I don't I hate that term, but it's like people love, a night you know, pictures and clickbait and, you know, explosions and stuff. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's like I'm not going to I'm not going to make my headline incorrect uh, so that people yeah. read the article. But also I um I did a, a piece this summer where I ended up actually having to change the headline because so many people didn't read past the headline and didn't understand what the headline meant. Um, it was a, I did kind of like a, a feature, a feature length piece, um, kind of essentially analyzing why the general public doesn't like Jeff Bezos in space. Um, like, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an opinion piece. It wasn't an op-ed. It was just me looking at, uh, you know, people's opinions online, um, you know, how, what has been going on at Blue Origin, you know, the details of the flight that he took and things like that. And basically just putting all of the information about what he's done and how the general public has reacted to it into one piece to kind of, you know, put together why the public has had that reaction. And 
I cannot tell you how many emails I got and DMs and tweets of people being like, how much did Jeff Bezos pay you to write this fluff piece? I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, and it was just because they'd only read the headline and they didn't understand the headline. Like you're on the phone with him like, yo, I wanted to write a puff yeah. piece about you. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's like, uh, and it's like, first of all, Jeff Bezos doesn't know who I am and is not going to pay me any money to write anything about him. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was it, it wasn't an opinion piece at all. Um, and it certainly wasn't very flattering. Um, it, you know, it was just kind of an, an informational feature, um, but it, it was it certainly wasn't very flattering. Uh, so it's- They didn't read past the headline. Yeah, so the, the clickbait trap is, um, is, is very, very real and very weird. Uh, very weird. <laughs> Talk, talking about clickbait, uh, I'm going to predict the biggest clickbait title of 2022. Oh God. Oh gosh, here we go. SLS versus Starship. Oh God. No, I already want to jump off my balcony, mm. except it's <laughs> uh -huh. second story, so it's not going to nope. do a lot of damage. But you, no. but you know um, that's how it's going it to be sucks. framed, isn't it? All through the start of start of 2022, that's what we're going to be reading about. The, the, the SLS versus Starship. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like people do not equate them. I feel, I, I, I don't know, from what I've seen, people don't, don't see them together. I feel like for some reason when SpaceX does things, people see it as completely separate. Um, like as if they're doing everything completely on their own and completely ahead and, and separate. I don't know, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That's the thing is you never know what, what clickbait will arise and how people respond to it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have both of those things to look forward to. And I think that's exciting. I, okay. I know SLS has slipped back to March from February this week. Um, and I'm not actually sure on the current schedule with Starship, but it's exciting that we've got these new rockets going. And I'm, I'm always a big fan of new rockets. Uh, so I, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. And, and also be a lot happening. Also Starliner, we've got that hopefully to come yeah. up yep. as well. Hopefully they'll fix those problems. I think that's mm -hmm. slipped to May now. I think they've announced May. Yeah. And Relativity, some of the like smaller, Relativity is going to have their first ever flight. Nice. Um, with their first 3D print, fully 3D printed rocket. I just actually recently visited their facility um, and got to see the 3D printing in pro progress. That's amazing. Uh, and it's wild. Yeah, they're they're pushing on forward they're ready to they're ready to launch and it's crazy yeah there's so many so many there's gonna be a lot of launches this year i'm yeah. gonna be having a lot of late nights <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be awesome though it's gonna be oh, awesome yeah. on a personal note i'm excited to see what what blue shift are doing as well i think they're they're what they're doing with biofuel yeah. i think that's exciting and they're gearing up to start building their first suborbital rocket which is uh which is fun i think they're getting the pieces in place for that and their fundraising has gone well so that's a good news story from last year that hoping is going to carry on into next year because and going into our environmental chat i think things like that are important that are happening within uh within the space world for sure definitely I know with the new variant, uh, not that new, that COVID is really back in full force. But I am hoping there's um, I know there's you know there's always a million and one space conferences, but there's going to be a big analog astronaut conference. Nice. Um, all about kind of analog missions. Um, I I've only done one so far. I did one last year, and there's a big conference at Biosphere Two in the spring. Um, they just put tickets online, and I'm like, I want to go. I really hope that in person things can happen. I'm I want to get my get my butt to biosphere too. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to live out my full, full biospherian fantasy in 2022. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope to be invited to any space conferences next year. <laughs> <laughs>
Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, Grim. Carrying on from where we were left off the review, are there any films or books that are coming out or documentaries that you're aware of that you're looking forward to for 2022? There's one on my list, that's for sure. I got one. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have the same book, I think, Dave. I think so. Chelsea, do you have a book? Uh, I don't have a book quite yet. No, I'm still working on my okay. my solar system volcanoes book. I haven't <laughs> picked up my uh, my next read yet. <laughs> yeah, ne- never panic early. Oh yes! yes. Oh By my Fred god! Hayes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's on the list. <laughs> that's on the list. Absolutely. Oh my god! I have a feeling that's going to be amazing because that's just the title is just. I've seen a. I, I don't know if the cover is the same cover as what the final cover will be because sometimes I know they go through changes. Mm-hmm. But um, I've seen the cover and it looked incredible. What whatever the provisional cover was. So I'm like, I know you shouldn't judge a book by that. Obviously, I'm judging a book by its cover, and that <laughs> title is incredible. I'm yeah. I'm like I, all I know about it is like it's Fred Hayes and the title, and that is all I need to know to read it. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, that's somebody who went through a lot yeah. in his career. Like you want to see. <laughs> The definition of like tough that's that's it so i can't wait to read this yeah and hopefully learn from him we heard him talk a little bit about what he's been writing uh at, at an event at the weekend and he mentioned about his role in the nuclear uh scenario back in the early 60s where you know there was a scenario where he could have bombed prague with a nuclear warhead and things like that and it, i mean this book's <laughs> gonna go deep and he and he's uh, the way he sees the issues with the future, and he mentions climate and things like that. I mean, I'm I'm excited by this book. I think he's going to go deep and uh, on a lot of things that we we are not expecting him to. Uh, there's so much more to him than Apollo 13, and I'm looking forward to finding oh, yeah. out more for sure. I'm I'm already ready for the film adaptation. I'm re- <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes. Um, so Chelsea, b- before we wrap up, I just uh, obviously you mentioned you want in-person events to come back, but do you have any any other personal goals? We've barely talked about your music career and you released a new song this year, which I loved. Uh, I put on a few playlists and I will put some Thank links you. in the show notes for people to check that out because it's extremely oh, good. So sweet. Thank you. Is there more music coming out f- from you next year or is there other things you're looking forward to within space as well that uh, you've got personally? Yeah, there is going to be a lot uh, in 2022. Um, this past year has been really like, I think I've just been doing a lot of work to lay the groundwork for next year um, to make things possible. Um, I've already got, uh, I haven't really announced it yet, but I have a song coming out at the end of January um, and in just a month from today. And then uh, I've got a lot more music than that planned for next year. I'm going to be coming up with a lot of music. I've got some secret space things um, that I'm hopeful for, but not uh, announceable yet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately with COVID right now, um, I can't really tour as I have planned to do uh, in the new year and with the new music, unfortunately. But I have some plans to get creative so that I can kind of create and provide live music and entertainment and new music um, in a way that's safe and that uh, is, is, is exciting and accessible. Um, I hope to, you know, maybe I'll even pair the two. Maybe we'll, we'll I'll figure out some, some new space music conjoined avenues to, to share that new music with. We'll see. Well, I'm I'm all in favour of that. That's for sure. That that is for sure. Awesome. Um, thank you so yeah. much for joining us and and sharing your thoughts uh, on last year and uh, and next year. This has been really great. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me, and thank you for um, uh, dealing with all of my many sudden tangents. Love it's the very appreciated. Oh, <laughs> love the no, you're, it's all good. <laughs> Can we approach the house?
this for a happy new year. I'm really excited about her predictions, and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing her climate articles. I think if anybody can make that really interesting for like a mass audience, I think it'll be her. Absolutely. I really like her writing, so I think uh, I think she'll be able to do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to her content she's putting out next year. And, Absolutely. Uh, the S- SLS and uh, Starship, hopefully. Do you think you're going to make it over here to see SLS? Uh, not for March, I don't think. I don't think that's going to be possible. I think I'm going to have too much going on. But yeah. the real aim would be to be at the first crude version of that yeah or, or one of the crude versions of that over the next couple of years hopefully but yeah I'm, yeah i've got to get over and see some launches at some point but there's so much going on in my own life at the moment and with with everything that in the world as well it's so difficult to plan things i understand totally especially with the pandemic it's hard to just you can't just travel like <laughs> you yeah. would back in the day just you can't yeah, just yeah. get on a plane and just go travel no i understand i i don't know how packed it'll be. I'm sure it's going to be insane for the uh, first SLS launch, but I really would like to see it. If I don't see it from the Space Coast, I'm hoping I could they'll schedule it so I, we can see it, you know, from across the state here. And that, because it's so big, you we're going to get, yeah. you will see it. If it's at night, oh my God, I'm like fantasy. I'm like, please NASA make it a night launch. Yeah. It, it, it'll look like the sun coming up. Yeah. I think there'll be some good launches this year coming up, though. And obviously, I think there might be a Falcon Heavy scheduled, at least one as well. So yeah. uh, there's some other good launches coming coming your your way. And hopefully I'll get across for one of them or some of them. Uh, there's so much I want to come across for the, the, the 50. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but it's the end of the 50th anniversary of Apollo this year. And, uh, yes, and, and it that is. whole thing oh my has God. been a big, a big deal. So in my head, I would love to come over in December and, and, and do some of the Apollo 17 events and the end of the, end of the, the 50th anniversary of the moon landings. Because once we get past this year... There's no more 50ths. Yeah, I do I do want to be involved in that. And then, of course, who knows if Space Fest is going to happen. I'd love to come across for that. So there's so many things I'd like to travel, but there's only so much time, energy, and money and all those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, I'd li- who knows what's going to happen in, in that regard. But um, have you got any other travel plans for, for next year? Any places? I'm, I know you've been saying you want to get to the Cosmosphere. Is that is that your top of your list for 2022? Honestly, um, well, I've been to Houston twice this year, and I love Houston. I don't know if I'll go back next year, and I've been to Huntsville a few times. I'd like to see, you know, slowly, I'd like to see every museum. I know the Smithsonian is closed this year for renovations, which I completely understand, but I really want to go to the Kansas Cosmosphere um, really bad. I'm trying to save up my pennies to do that. I know it's a bit of a, a drive from the airport. But I, I really would love to go there. I've been told by everybody that I have to go there. And I, I believe it. I see pictures from there and I'm just like obsessed. So yeah. that is a goal of mine to see the Cosmosphere next year because uh, I've never seen it. And I, I I wanted to go now, but everybody's like, it's snowing. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm a Florida girl. And uh, I think I've driven in the snow once in my life and I was crying the whole time. <laughs> so uh, I decided maybe I should wait till the snow melts and I'll go there when it, it's warmed up a bit. Because, yeah, you don't want to see a Florida girl having a freak out <laughs> behind the wheel. <laughs> oh my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I, I once drove in Nashville when it was snowing and, and no one knew what they were doing. It was. I was oh my so scared about other drivers because n- they just didn't know how to drive in snow in the in the in the south. It was quite crazy. Oh yeah, but alas, um, yeah. So I, obviously, we've also got 
We've got to try and figure out what we're going to do with this thing as well, Emily, this this podcast of ours. and Yes, we do. we got to get together and uh, sort of hash out who we're going to interview next year because there's a, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of great anniversaries. As you said, there's the Apollo 16 and Apollo 17 anniversaries. I can't believe it's been 50 years since Apollo 16. That's nuts because I remember I went to the 40th anniversary event at a Kennedy Space Center like obviously almost 10 years ago i can't believe it's been that long doesn't yeah. does not seem like it and charlie duke has not aged a well, bit uh, yeah, since I was about that to say charlie doesn't from what we see online of charlie it doesn't look at all like it's 50 years ago that he could have been walking on the moon that's for sure whatever he's using he's got the ed gibson disease they're both really <laughs> young they look very young and then the year after that you know 2023 it's going to be all the skylab anniversaries well, yeah well, we've got all that to look forward to next year that's going to be fun for you yeah that's going to be amazing yeah. so a, a yeah. new era of anniversaries coming in for you <laughs> oh yeah it's going to be really exciting <laughs> absolutely so i think the next two years will be pretty neat and uh yeah i'm sure we're going to have a lot of interesting people on our show absolutely. so i'm very excited And dear listener, if you have any ideas of people you would like us to interview or any events or things that you think we should be covering, just let us know. Get in contact. It's always it's always fun to hear from you, uh, especially with regards to that kind of thing. But yeah, 2022, I think there's a lot coming up. Hopefully it's going to be a good year in terms of spaceflight. If it's anywhere near as busy as it's been this year, we're going to have an action packed year. That's for sure. Okay, while Emily is in Houston, I figured I'd just get us up to date with the news one last time before my January adventure. We have had seven successful launches since we last recorded. One in Japan, four in China, one in Kazakhstan, and one in French Guiana, which we will talk about in a moment. Unfortunately, we also had one failed launch in Russia on 27th of December of an Angara A5 rocket. Now, this was the last of three demonstration flights planned for this rocket and the first flight of the Percy upper stage. And it was that upper stage which unfortunately failed to restart for a second burn, which has left the upper stage and payload in low Earth orbit. It was just a dummy payload, but it's a shame that it didn't go quite to plan. Fortunately, two of the Chinese launches have been after this so at least we've ended this year with a successful launch as always you can look in the show notes for videos and all payload information now as i'm sure almost everyone listening will be aware the james webb space telescope launched on christmas day from french guiana on an ariane 5 rocket and so far it's gone really well and at the time of recording, it's travelled about 40% of the distance to its L2 orbit, and the Sun Shield has started to deploy. There's a wonderful website which has been set up as part of the NASA website, where you can see exactly where it is and what it's currently doing. Uh, they've really spent some time on making sure that the public are informed about this, and I love this website so much. So check that out. And of course, if you want to learn more, uh, go back and listen to our interview with ESA's Mark McCorkran uh, on episode 68. Uh, it was nice to see that he made it out to see the launch, and uh, I've seen him on the BBC website also trying to tell people all about this mission and the telescope. 
Elsewhere, on 26th of December, the Chinese astronauts on board the Tiangong space station performed a spacewalk to add a camera to the outside of the module they are currently living in as they prepare for the arrival of two new modules in 2022. While we're talking about the Chinese, the mainstream media have been reporting about the fact that China have complained about some of the SpaceX Starlink satellites after apparently having two near misses recently and have made a statement urging the US to act responsibly. Of course, I agree with that statement. They should act responsibly. But Chinese don't have the best of records with regards to this kind of thing. So I hope they're also heeding their own advice. Elsewhere, NASA has cleared the Axiom 1 crew for their flight to the International Space Station, which is scheduled for the end of February. This will be the first fully private mission to the ISS, although, as we've reported recently, they're not going to be the first tourists to go there. Uh, Obviously, we'll talk more about this closer to the time. NASA have also announced that veteran astronaut Stephen Bowen and rookie Woody Hoberg will be on the Crew-6 mission scheduled for 2023 to the station. Two more astronauts will be named for this mission, but they will come from international partners. And we end with some sad news, I'm afraid. Lieutenant Colonel Michael Rich Clifford passed away on the 28th of December from complications of Parkinson's disease. He joined NASA in 1990 and made three flights as a mission specialist, STS-53, STS-59 and STS-76. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 1992 before that final flight, uh, which was the third mere docking. And despite his diagnosis, he was still able to complete a six-hour EVA flawlessly. There was a 2014 documentary film made about him called The Astronaut's Secret, which focused on that last flight and his life after retiring from NASA. He leaves behind his wife, Nancy, and two sons, and we send our deepest sympathies to all members of his family and his friends. And Rich, it just looks spectacular out there doing a spacewalk on the Atlantis Mirror Space Complex. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, good time. It's That's all we have time for this week. We hope you've had a great holiday season and that you have a wonderful 2022. And thank you all for the support you've given us this year in 2021. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. I hope that 2022 is successful for you all and that you stay healthy. But don't forget, in space, no one can hear you stream. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.